Alright everybody, welcome back to Dune Dudes, Children of Dune Dudes. Yes. We're your dudes, talking Dune. Talking Dune. Uh, man, um, it, it feels like before we do anything, before we, we even do the theme song, mm-hmm. There, there are two orders of business I would like to take care of. Okay, things that I think that we need to 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 touch on in order to move forward as as a group. Number one, in the last episode, mm-hmm. I bazinged. <laughs> I I yes. And and not just not just once, not just twice, but at least three times. Yeah, you triple bazingood. And um, it it wasn't brought up at the time. Um, I I have to say that was uh just a genuine oversight on my part. I don't know if you were just trying to help me save face, or what, or or if you were there with me, but. It uh no it, it totally blindsided me. I uh well, I, <laughs> I was well aware, but I I I I was frozen and I it it was it was almost like you you used the voice on me or something. I see. Well, it it'd be bad enough to to just bazinga, to just objectively bazinga out in this cold universe, you know. But I forgot that in the first episode, I had drawn a line as the host. You did. You drew a very, 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 very fine line. I, I mean, I, I stopped that episode of the podcast very clearly and deliberately because, because you bazinga. I mean, we I both did. in, in isolation, we bazinga, but forgetting and separate from one another. Yes. Episodes removed. Yes. Yes. Um, correct. Yeah. And so I don't I mean I I'm I'm here I'm here to eat crow. Okay, well hey, I really appreciate I'm you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I crossed that line. The, you know, I do forgive you. Um I I really appreciate the apology there. Uh I I'm 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 happy that you are taking responsibility, personal responsibility for this. I o- I always um, take personal as, responsibility. Well, Full personal well, the thing, responsibility. Well the thing is here is is yeah, this is a big deal and you are taking responsibility for you know, bazinga-ing after you set this boundary so firmly in a previous episode. But I hmm. will say there are some things that I do feel hmm. like you should take more personal responsibility <laughs> for. Um, specifically, specifically, yeah. I just don't. It it does not sit well with me when you blame other people on uh, showing up late for our our podcast recording no, sessions. No, 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 no. I'm not. I I I am late. Specifically, your girlfriend. You know, it just okay. it's not fair. Her. It's not fair to throw it on her. I said I said that I was helping her. I made the decision to help her. You know. Uh. So so it's 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 on me. I take full personal responsibility. But I'm saying that the the reason that I'm late is because 
I made the decision to be the best partner I could be. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you make that decision every day too or not. If you wake up and you're like, that's the decision I'm going to make. So you know? how, so but I, I made yes. that decision. And so I'm a little late. How I, I personally, uh, yeah. am the best partner that I can be is by not dragging my girlfriend into, um, <laughs> you know, conflicts or situations that she there, is not no involved in. Here. And, yeah. uh, not stating her as the reason for me being late, as you just no, said. No, no, no. It was, wasn't a stated reason. You just reason. said that she's the reason that you were late. I didn't say that. You this, did say that. This is, okay, this is not a fucking Hoobastank song, all right? I did not say that the reason was her, so. Mm, but you pretty much did. Okay, but I but I didn't. I, I just, just, and I think all of our listeners would agree that you know next time it would be uh just a lot more becoming if yeah if if you know you said hey connor i i am late i'm sorry i was doing some things it's all on me um uh, nobody else it's it's all me mm. not no not, i don't even need to mention a name here of any other person right. that could could potentially show yeah. some responsibility cuz it's that's right. all on me that's my okay. decision. I'm owning that. All right. Nobody yeah. else involved whatsoever. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Um, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. You know, maybe next time, you know, I won't be late and it'll be a non-issue. Anyways, okay. So. I, I, I hope that is the case. I hope that is true. I, there's, there's one more thing I wanted to mention okay. that I feel like should have been brought up last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the very, 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 very end of that section of chapters. Oh, the the yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, the little the poem, right? Or, uh, yes. The yes. snail is that the snail we're talking yes, about? Yeah, Connor. We forgot yes. about the snail. Yeah. How did we not talk about the man snail? I don't know. The man snail is yeah. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't believe it. I opened up the chapters to like start our next section and I look back and I'm like, how did, how did I not talk about the man snail? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, um, I I don't know how that slipped our minds, but, uh, it's, I mean, I, I love the, the episode title for that episode, but it could have been just as easily been, you know, man snails on Dune or, or or some shit, you know? Yes. I mean, that could be this episode, even if, uh, I mean, depending on if we think of a better one or not. All right, we'll see. Um, I don't really even have anything to say, honestly. <laughs> it's just dumb. Like, I love that, um, you know, Ganima says this thing, like, it, it's like it's something that we should know, almost. It's like, ah, yes, our father was his doctor of beasts and Stilgar was but a man snail. Our father yes. left many man snails in our universe. Yes. And like, I, I read the poem and, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I want to say I get it. I feel like I get it. I, I think that like Paul Muad'Dib is like seen as so above people and, is able to like see through people and see, see all these things that they recognize that they can't, that it there are that, that regular people are, are almost reduced to like a non thing or like this other life form because Paul has like ascended so much. They are the man snail. Like, yeah. Um, yep. 
but I don't know. It's just such a weird thing to, 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 I don't know. I get it. It's, it's like part of his world building that this is, I, I like that he includes these things, but it was, uh, just so weird. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, um, it's a bizarre piece of, um, so, piece of, you know, uh, Fremen culture or whatever. Like it's, a. Uh, it's really weird, and I I get it too, kind of. Um, but uh, just that imagery, picturing a man snail, um, yeah, I, just uh, you know, shivers sends shivers down your spine. Hold on, I gotta take my shirt off. Yeah, I see. See your your. Uh, you, you, okay, we're going for a shirtless a shirtless Saturday. Yeah, I'm just sweating a lot, and yeah. I just don't wanna perspire into my shirt that i'm going to be wearing all day so i'm just gonna sweat and let it let it i i don't i don't control the heat Um, oh okay but i don't even it doesn't feel like it's on i'm just Mm. hot i just get hot yeah i run hot i do too i do too so i i I often wake up in the middle of the night sweating profusely and i have to remove all my clothing And then yeah, uh, in the morning, I, I wake that. up and I'm like, "Am I sick?" And then I'm just like, "No, that's just what, <laughs> that's just what happens to me." I know, right? Yeah. What the what the fuck, man? What the fuck, man? Snail. Anyways, time for our theme song, and then we'll get into this freaking. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. One, two, one, two, three, four. I can do this. I can do this. Oh, no, oh, no. I'm the Quasat Tatarak. All right, that was not as good as 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 last episode, but it was still, yeah. Well, it was still your connection right. kind of lagged at the end, so I, I felt like I had to compensate for where I thought you were going to be singing it, and then I had to elongate it strangely. Mm. So another instance of you blaming somebody else gonna, for uh, I, for your problems. I, 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 I'm just pointing that out. Blame, I direct the blame where it is meant mm. to be placed, and some people have a problem with that. Well, it's just like the the, the blame game. Playing the blame game, it's it not a game. It doesn't it's reflect. It does not reflect well on you. That's the only thing. Okay. Well, your connection doesn't really reflect well on you or the, or this podcast. You know. Mm, okay. I, I think I think that it's there's more, plenty of instances we could go back through game. and and see, uh, you know, how just just how that affects the the listenership in a very real. Well, way. well, here so. here we are, Connor. Uh, you know, I uh, I know you. You live in, uh, you know, near Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, hold on a second. Near Brooklyn, New York. Tony? Hello? Yeah, hey. Hey, do you remember, like, the other day when I told you that I only put a teaspoon in and then I use it twice during the day? Uh, wait, so are you really calling me because you're not you're not happy about the tea? Is that it? I, it wasn't. It wasn't that much. It's still recording, by the way. Five. What? I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Are, are you not gonna tell her that you're that you you blamed her for your tardiness? 
I don't know what you're talking about. It just seemed like the right amount to me. I feel like a lot of times I drink tea and it's just like, it tastes like water even with the tea in it. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of tea. I, I, I don't, um, it just seems, I don't really see the issue. I'm still talking with Connor, so. Are you just, it's only, it's, this is only about the tea? Yes, it's only about the tea. Okay. Seems like there's more. Well, I don't know. I mean, it just, it feels like maybe that's a you problem, you know? I I don't know. I I just I think it seems fine. Even when you made your tea bag, it didn't look like that the other day. Are you sure? I'm sure. I watched you make it. You only put two scoops in. Yeah, that's how much I put in. That's how much I put in that one. I did two scoops. That, that's not two scoops. It seems was like two scoops. They they might have been they might have been generous scoops. I, I gotta go, babe. I'm I'm busy right now. Okay, bye. I love you. <laughs> wow, so, she's a sweetheart. I tell you, she what she a firecracker. Is. She is. Uh, so you know, you can talk to her. We can we uh, we can edit that part out if you want. It's good content. I think it's fine. <laughs> it's good content. I mean, I I did. I told her. I so. I just feel like um, I feel like she kind of knew that you, like it, it was about the tea, but it was about more than that. It was kind of like, hmm. I, I do think that she got the impression that you might have placed this blame on her. That was just undue, unnecessary. I don't, I don't know about that. I, that's just the vibe I got. And I think many of our Is listeners, that the vibe you got? I think many of our listeners uh, would agree really. And, I'll well, we'll see. And honestly, it seems like you really fucked up her tea today. And that's like not okay. I think it's fine. I, okay. I don't know. I, I don't really get the uh wait, you just want one scoop of tea in your tea? No. Sorry. Okay. If I'm making your tea, you better be prepared for the scoops. You know? Alright, well now she knows. I load everything up. Like, if I put cheese on something, it's going to get loaded. All right. You so, know? cheese is a different story. You can... you Just bring it on with the cheese. Bring it on with the cheese. But, I mean, like, tea and then coffee, too. Like, there's just a point where it becomes too much, right? You can't, you can't do too much, but, I mean, not, not to pass the... Not to pass the blame here, but I, I think she has a soft palate. Okay. Just a very... It's a very soft, uh, weak palate, so <laughs> I can't help that. All right, sure. Well, uh, you know, I I wish both of you well in uh, in in the we're future, good. and I hope you can reconcile. We're, this. We're, we're good. Okay, we're good. You want to talk down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, very much so. All right. All right. Um. Man. Okay, our first chapter. Uh, Aaliyah is having a meeting with Duncan 
and Irulan. Yes. Um, and Aaliyah kind of really wants Duncan to be using his mentat abilities to like check on Irulan the whole time. Duncan's like, why'd you call me back? I thought I was supposed to be kidnapping Jessica. Um, and it, it did seem a little, not weird, but like, I don't know. Narratively, I felt like the, the last chapter that Duncan and Aaliyah had where Duncan's like, goodbye. And you know, uh, felt like the end and Aaliyah didn't understand the finality in his tone. It just kind of seemed like, right. It was like, okay, so that's the last chapter they're going to share unless, you know, like something huge happens unless, you know, I don't know, one of them has to kill each other or they cross paths for a significant reason, you know, but, but Duncan's on his way to kidnap Jessica and they fully split despite Aaliyah not being aware of it. And then here they're just like having a meeting and um, that's fine. But it did seem like a strange decision. I don't know. It felt like there was like a good opportunity for, to have that like narrative split. Yeah. And then Frank Herbert was like, no. And I, and I get it because like Duncan's thinking the same thing. He's like, why the fuck am I here? You know, that's, that's exactly it. He's the, the entire time he is kind of, um, in, in, in shambles or, 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 you know, he's, he's very stressed this entire, uh, discussion really. And I feel like the, uh, the, the finality in the last chapter was just about him knowing that like his wife was gone um and not necessarily that he wouldn't actually physically see her again just that he that that she was lost and uh probably not going to come back so but i i i get what you're saying and and i i also agree with you know it it might have been more impactful if um if if there actually was more finality to that fi- to, to that previous chapter yeah well at any rate i mean i still liked this chapter um we you get know, more Irland. Yeah, yeah, we finally really get some Irland. Um and it's kind of funny in a way like at the end, you know, because Aaliyah is so focused on herself and seems to be kind of losing her her grip on her own sanity or or her ability to compose herself or to think in a rational way, whatever. Um, you know, Aaliyah and Irland kind of get, get stuck in this, this conversation at the end where it's like, Aaliyah's like, of course, you know, like I'm part of this assassination plot. Yeah. And Irland is like, yes, yes, of course. Yes. And Duncan's just sitting there like, no one gives a shit about you, Aaliyah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, right? You've been like written off. Like, yeah. This is all about the twins. Mm-hmm. I need to do something. Like, yep, he knows. Um, so, Aaliyah, yeah, she's she's lost in her own uh, self importance. Um, yeah, she's she's for for somebody with great prescience, she is just totally blind right now. Yeah, um, and and obviously we know that comes down to the Baron. 
Um, Abomination. And we're going to get get more into that, interestingly enough. So that'll be yes. fun. Um, abomination. Um, but, you know, we, we also see at the end of the chapter that Duncan's not only brought there to observe Irulan, but for Aaliyah to observe Duncan. Mm-hmm. Um. And Aaliyah, again, not not seeing properly, not picking up on these signs that she otherwise should be able to, um, mistakes Duncan's anger toward Aaliyah for, I think, being just like so far gone yep. and beyond any kind of help that Aaliyah takes it as concern for herself. Exactly. Yep. And... Aaliyah thinks to herself, you know, oh, how how foolish of me to suspect Duncan. You know, he's mine. Like, I own him. Um, <clears throat> so, I don't know. I like that with these three characters, there's these, like, misreadings and, and separate, like, r- separate reasons or revelations that they each have during this, this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> But yeah, the important thing is really that um, Aaliyah is is kind of still just deteriorating and focusing in on, you know, she she's just developing more and more paranoia about um, people trying to to take her power away, to mm-hmm. dethrone her. Idaho recognizes that he needs to be trying to save the twins and is like, well, I think I'll, I'll, I'll have to approach Jessica for help. But at the end, he says, um, but she too, referring to Jessica might be far gone in plotting with her sisterhood. He carried few illusions about that Atreides concubine. She might do anything at the command of the Bene Gesserits, even turn against her own grandchildren. Yep. Now, I like that as as like this lingering kind of tension where it's like, is Jessica to be trusted? Is she in the palm of the sisterhood? Or... Or is she going to be able to break away again for what we see as the right thing right um but it, it it did make me think back and i i i feel like in this in this part of the book of where we're at in children of dune i think we are meant to think that we're not sure about jessica's allegiance especially after she has that conversation with leto where leto kind of spells out how the Bene Gesserits are manipulating Jessica, right? And yeah, she seems yep. to like not be fully aware that that was happening. Um, and so, like, we're kind of left thinking, like, oh, so is is she going along with the Bene Gesserit breeding plot, whatever? But, um, even though the book wants us to think that, and and rightfully so. I guess it did make me think more about too, like how that is a disservice to her previous actions, because we know 
that before the events of Dune, she already breaks away from the sisterhood in this yes. like seismic act of defiance in this yep. huge way that that like marks her for life as as uh, the black sheep as betraying of the, family, the, the baby. yeah the the breeding plot after like centuries and centuries and presumably they only need to wait like one more generation to have Jessica's Atreides daughter mate with Fade Rautha to create yep. what they saw as their like perfect Kwisatz Haderach. Yep. Instead, Jessica's like nah, right? And we've already talked about how that kind of feeds into her own arrogance in an interesting way. Um, but but all I'm really trying to say is like we already have strong evidence that Jessica is a free thinker, you know, that she is willing to deviate from the sisterhood's plans in in even in or maybe especially when it comes to these massive decisions. Yeah. And and when it comes to her family. Yes. Yes, especially, right. Um and matters of love, you know, yep. because she loved the duke. That's kind of the explanation we're given. She has genuine love for the duke and I mean she's only meeting her grandchildren now. So maybe the question is like, does she also have genuine love for her grandchildren? But well, that's even, even the first time her, she, her and God and, and Aganima, you know, me, they, they, they do recognize that they, they do love each other. Right. We talked about that too. They yeah. have that really good moment. Yeah. Um, so, so I guess that kind of all just ties up to say that, I understand why we're having this, that, that there are these, um, these questions floating around her. Like, what is she going to do? But the evidence supporting her suggests that she is not a pawn of the Bene Gesserit mm-hmm. even now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think I'm especially thinking that in light of what happens in some of these later chapters that we'll get to in just a moment. Um, there's yeah, there's there's some really but, good good ass uh, Jessica content in, uh, in 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 some of these chapters. There is, and I, I feel like maybe that's just another herbism in a way. You know, like I, Jessica will be written, I, I think, in in a way that um, makes you doubt her. Yeah. It, it, and again, in a way that I, I don't think is still deserved. I don't think it's like the best writing technique for her. I don't think she needs to be lowered to be risen back up. But that seems to be the ebb and flow of how she is written by Frank Herbert, by and large. Yeah, pretty um, much since the beginning. But um, but it does seem like we're getting back to a point where she is um, gaining more more agency in the plot and um doing things that feel feel more in line with where i thought she would be at this point in in her life in her character yeah so i was happy to see that that's all yeah absolutely and i mean you got to keep in mind too that duncan um you know he's he's a mentat uh but he has not seen jessica since his previous life since his first <laughs> His first run as Duncan Idaho. So, um, 
so so yeah there's there's a, a disconnect too and you got to think that that you know even though he is you know mr logic and 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 we have gone into in in, in these chapters uh kind of the the uh the kind of downfalls of of having perfect logic and kind of a chaotic universe um mm-hmm. so you, you got to think that he is somewhat influenced uh by alia's you know kind of uh feelings on you know towards her mother over the years if if only yes. just a little bit so i think i think it is skewed in that way uh his his thoughts of her um but also before we move on from this chapter uh this is another great sequence of of his his mentat capabilities here and uh especially when when he's kind of coming to the um conclusion that that this attack is going to be on the twins and yeah. uh and and yeah he he lays it out perfectly and it's it's so close to like prescience that paul feels he he kind of yep. uh uh sympathizes with that and and it's yeah it's it's a very interesting kind of um seeing his process and having it compared to to paul's um because it is it it can be uh, quite similar. Yes. No. Very true. What you said before about how the the mentats are influenced by the people who I don't know use them. Um, that's touched upon too. You know, I, I think Jessica herself says like, "Oh, you know, do you not know the the blind spot or the weakness of a mentat?" And it's yeah, it's yeah. that they do have this human tendency because of course one of the things that's so interesting about the the duniverse you know is that like a mentat is as close you'll get to an android without breaking this like uh this moral law and that you can't have a machine in the likeness of a human but you can have a human get to the cusp of the ability of machines, you know? And so they're like, we can't have computers. So let's just turn a person into a computer. Right. Like, exactly. And, and and always have that humanity. I forget what chapter it is, but that's something that Aaliyah is, is interested in, in, in breaking now. Um, Oh, right. Yeah. She was like, oh, if only I could just have a fucking computer. Right. She's like, like, like she would give up the entire empire to have like a fucking Lenovo fucking (laughs) laptop, you know, like a ThinkPad from 2005. Like that's all she wants, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. Um, it is, it is funny. The, the things that they have that are so, um, beyond our capabilities and then the, the things that they lament they don't have because of their own uh, self-imposed limitations. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, um, Duncan's thoughts are, are like Paul's visions. And he mentions that um, like the one thing that he can't fully account for is the, like the, the general chaos of all humanity that they always have to like try and compute it as part of this this uncertain variable it's like well i have all what i think of are like the the logical facts and then somehow i also need to account for 
the random, the seemingly random nature of the universe. And it's like, I can, you know, you only get so close. So, um, last thing about this chapter, I know we've spent a lot of time here, but I, I'd be remiss if I did not try and rectify the mistakes of our past. And as they, as they talk about, um, what they think the plot must be, they come to the, uh, almost correct conclusion the essentially correct conclusion, but just a little off that house Carino is going to try an assassination attempt using animals. Mm-hmm. And Aaliyah says, don't worry about that guys. We have house ferrets. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. She does say that, oh my which God. has never been discussed ever. They just say it like, I so know. matter of factly, like, well, the house ferrets will take care of that. Nowhere has it ever been like, ah, yes, you know, you see the the shadow of a scurrying house ferret in the garden. Like, there, we just now know that there are ferrets running around. Yeah, as the, as, the fucking Arakeen Citadel, as there have been forever, it, just it, in the background, where where men go. <laughs> That in every scene that we we have read, uh, there's just a just just some house ferrets in the background chilling, waiting, just waiting, you know, set to attack. Right. If, if there are any issues, um, yeah, it's a it's a nice little <laughs> nice little bit of uh of of, of backgrounds that we uh, we've we've been ignorant to. <laughs> it makes me think that instead of um the pug in the david lynch film that yeah. the atreides should have just had a ferret instead they should have you know? yeah, <laughs> like, that, that would have made a lot more you know? sense it's, it's um, almost like david lynch hey. never read children of dune yeah well hey at least he read dune i don't think he the i don't think he did the movie he made. <laughs> i don't i don't think he did that either but no, whatever no, he, he, did it. he didn't um yeah so i don't know man Oh, in this then, episode, then what? I I think this is in this chapter too. I might be wrong, but um, and I don't know if it's been brought up before. I forget, but we do get the um, we we get what Chome stands for. Yeah, the combined Honet. The the combined Honet. Ober... I don't. I don't know. I forget what what it was, but Ober something mercantile yes over yes. advancer that sounds yeah. close enough to to reality and we I, I forget if we've seen that before but um we have i think it does appear once or twice in dune yeah i think that has been established but it, it is kind of weird to see it spelled out because it essentially and, means nothing to us still but and yeah it's in and like Aaliyah says it or thinks it like twice like two times in a row like for emphasis it's kind of it's kind of strange but uh, yeah yeah but yeah, that, that that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's cool that it's there. Um it's one of those things that's always been a part of the universe and it it feels it feels important, but um it's never been expanded on since its introduction. We pretty much have the same chome knowledge as we did in Dune 1, you know, just that it's important. It's like the fucking Dune stock market. The you know, yeah. everyone has shares. And uh it just seems to be all about the, the the trade that they're able to have. And so having the the spice market as part of the Chome Company is the dopest thing you can have. But uh, 
Uh, like, I think we have to wait for some of the the Brian Herbert books to expand upon uh, some of these, some of these, know, uh, <laughs> some of the more dull parts of this universe. Yeah, it's sad, but that might be exactly what I'm looking for by the time I'm done with these. Yeah, the original six novels here is like you know someone needs to just tell me about the specifics of the Chome Company. Where's that book? Agreed, I'll read yeah. the shit out of that yeah. book. Yeah. So. Um. All right, let's move on. But I, I want to, uh, I want to posit, I want to suggest that we we name this episode "Man Snails and House Ferrets." Man Snails and House Ferrets. Yes, 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 yes. That's perfect. I'm gonna write that down. Thank you, my friend. I've been uh, seeing these tweets. I've been seeing tweets about people just like jokingly or half jokingly complain about. Uh, just the the growing ridiculousness of indie band names. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And uh, I I feel like that would be a, a good one. Yeah, I mean, if if we ever, uh, it's no Rip Momney or whatever the fuck. I fucking but... hate that shit. Rip yeah, Momney, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. But you know, yeah, we we could do like a. If we ever do like a, a side project or something, another one. I, I don't know. I'll, I feel like I'll keep that in my back pocket. I yeah, think it's if, a weird one that I if like. we form an indie band, that, that will be the name. All right. And like nobody will get it, but it'll be it'll be fine. No, yeah, I love... I mean, it's just the dumbest, deepest Dune reference at this point that I, I can think of. But it's still, be- it's still better than Rit Momney. <laughs> yeah. Or or what yeah, or, or, or what, what like, Michael Sarah or... Palin is another band name. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know. I don't know. I don't know. It's just uh, yeah. it is a choice. It is a choice. We're just out of touch. You know, it it just uh, yeah, doesn't. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it's not. You know, to us, it's not clever or tongue in cheek. It's just fucking. Dumb. yeah pretty much anyways we've only discussed one chapter and we have like 30 minutes left so know, let's fucking plow through this yeah, shit, lightning right? rounds here we go but I, I can't i can't help it i can't help it i can't help it our lightning rounds suck they yeah, aren't lightning at all <laughs> but we have a um, hard deadline to today so yeah yes okay um okay how about this let's do this i'm gonna give super short synopses on each chapter and then we'll just talk about everything do you yeah. think that's all right let's go for it do it a little differently. Okay, so let's see how this goes. So our second chapter is Jessica in <clears throat> this giant waiting room, the anteroom, um, waiting to meet with Aaliyah, um, or or waiting to be a part of the I don't know, like court that they, they, you know, yeah, they, as, as these uh, royals they they hold an audience. Yes, yes, exactly. Hmm. And so Jessica has been invited by Aaliyah to to do this. Jessica is obviously skeptical and, you know, uh, sees it as a plot, knows that Aaliyah is watching her, knows that Aaliyah is dragging it out to make Jessica feel uncomfortable. Um, Javid comes up to talk with her, and Javid's like, hey, listen, we really think that you should denounce the preacher, you know, there's all these rumors floating around that 
he's your son and he's shouting all this blasphemous shit and it's kind of making us look bad and it kind of makes you look bad that you're not saying anything and jessica's like javid you fat ass frim and fuck (laughs) don't talk to me all right and makes a scene everyone else is like holy shit yeah a total scene yeah i mean this now now no one talks to javid (laughs) yeah i know i know yeah um but but no one wants to talk with Jessica either after they're like, yeah. oh, okay. Like we're not we're not touching that shit. And and, and Jessica remarks on how um the people of the court are uh, you know, these are these are the exact kind of people that even in in the heyday of her Atreides power with with the Duke in their, you know, their their royal affiliations, that, that these are the exact kind of people that they would have hated even back then, even before Dune. Um you know that they're just so caught up in in the the superficial game of royalty that they aren't even worth um, talking with in the first place. So, um, so Jessica's pretty much like, man, you know, this is the court that Aaliyah has surrounded herself with. This is what the royalty is now. You know, what a sad sight that that this is what it has come to here on Arrakis. Um, but then Aaliyah comes out finally Jessica is like man she looks crazy she literally looks like she wants to kill me but she wouldn't do that because then I'd be a martyr and she wouldn't risk that yep but then she's like actually I think she would like what the fuck Mm -hmm. um and she's like I really gotta talk with Duncan who's tried to tip me off to this okay so there's that. And then the chapter after that is Aaliyah and Jessica in the courtroom. They meet with a bard, which is cool, whatever, but let's not talk about that. Um, they they really meet with this old Fadeakin, Al Fali, um, who's like the the desert is dying no one is realizing that uh all this terraforming is going to kill all the worms and will be no more spice production on arrakis ever again and everything will be fucked up and Aaliyah, possessed by the baron is like don't worry about it man it's all fine um and there is an assassination attempt on jessica's life yes um and Aaliyah tries to say that it's on her, that, that, that they were trying to kill Aaliyah. But Aaliyah doesn't even flinch when it happens. Nope. No movement. Which seems like poor planning on, on her slash the Baron's part. Like, she must have been so confident that Jessica was going to die. Because otherwise, it's like, why show your hand? I know. At least to the other people. Like, Jessica would still know. But at least to the audience. At least to the, the royalty. She doesn't even really, they she doesn't really even see. care at this point. No, I guess not. Because now, kind now of, everyone yeah. knows, and she's just like, okay, you know, True. business as usual. Right. I mean, she she sees herself. I mean, she is the the top of the totem pole. She is the power. So it's like whatever. If anyone wants to say anything out loud, I'll probably fucking kill them. So that's true. Yeah. Um. But at any rate, uh, Jessica is able to dodge the assassination attempt. 
gets back up on the chair after like she's almost killed and then just like brush it dust herself off sits back down she's like did you guys fucking see that because that was fucked up um and jessica upon upon realizing this very specific quirk of Aaliyah. Uh, is able to deduce that she is possessed by none other than the Baron Vladimir Harkonnen. Yeah, some some of your favorite, uh, you know, hands finger movement language uh, is is uh, yeah is what gives her away. I guess like subconsciously she she signals it, and uh, and Jessica is able to decipher that it's the Baron. Yeah, I felt like um that was a little dumb. And and not because like I, I, I am fully on board with there being like this very specific thing you would only attribute to the Baron. But like I don't remember ever seeing something like the Baron doing this hand movement. She Herbert describes it so specifically the way that Aaliyah taps her fingers, you know, how many times and in what order. And Jessica's like, oh my god. That hand signal. Like, how many times has she seen the Baron tap his fingers, well, by the way? No, so, um, so I, I think this is... Um, it's the Atreides secret language where where they... Um, like, that was the the signal for the Baron. Like, that was the, the, the signal they used to discuss the Baron secretly. Not something that the Baron did, I don't think. So you think Aaliyah herself was trying to tell her mom that she's possessed by the Baron. I think it was signal. I think it was a subconscious movement Um, because again, you know, that's, that's in her, her DNA, you know, she obviously wasn't there when they would have to use that. So, you know, for the, for the beginning of, you know, for, for much of a Dune, but um, yeah, the impression I got was that was a subconscious movement kind of um, like definitely subconscious walking or something. I don't I don't really want to go back exactly just because we're pressed for time, but my takeaway is still that um, I think it's something that the Baron himself did. And if that's the case, assuming I'm right, I just feel like there's better things like a, a laugh or he could have talked about like, you know... Young boys. Wanting to... I mean, you know... Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, okay. Um, but but whatever. So she figures it out, and she leaves. She she has this vision of the the only possible plan of escape, and she's like, "Holy shit! That's like what Paul would see." Oh, I don't know. She has like this moment of absolute yeah. vision clarity. Yep. Yep. She's smacked with uh, with um, some intense vision. And is able to make an escape with the other Fede Kin who are yeah. in the room. Okay. So there's that. And then we get... I mean, and, and you know, she also, like, just uh, with, with no other, like, just very, very plainly calls out Aaliyah and her possession. And yes. makes everyone yeah. in the room aware of it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which true. is which is huge. It is. I don't know what impact that'll have. I get the feeling that the people she's announcing that to, um, 
won't have the uh, the fortitude or the yeah. courage or the care to to do anything about that, and sure. they're just going to go business as usual. Yeah, probably. But so. she she does do it. Yes. And then our next chapter is Leto and Ganema going into the desert, um, secretly escaping the Sayach, um, realizing that they're at the place that Leto was with Stilgar and said, hey, this might be where I die. Like, the so... attendant, right? Yes. Yep. A weird um, name for a place in and... the desert. And um and the tigers, the Laza tigers, finally show up, and we are we are left with uh, Leto and Ganema scrambling into this this little alcove in the rocks there, small enough for them to escape into, but not large enough for the tigers to get into, presumably. So it's kind of this race they need to get to safety before the tigers get them feels like maybe you would have just been closer to it so like as soon as you see the tigers you could just go to it i don't know but if that was your plan anyways you know it's like just wait in there i don't know but i guess they wanted to see for themselves what's happening um so whatever they they escape um well we don't know if they make it to the alcove uh it it ends with them running and you're like oh my goodness um and, and that's what happens there. And then finally, we'll be able to discuss all this with our last 20 minutes. Um, our, our last chapter is Jessica having su- successfully escaped with the Fade Akin, which I like that the Fade Akin are brought back into the fold here um, and shows that, <clears throat> you know, their allegiance is still to Paul. I, I really like this line that Jessica recognizes that they're not obeying her. Their allegiance is to Paul still. And so she's being obeyed only as the mother of Muad'Dib. Um, so the, the Fede Kin, the Death Commandos, have never never changed sides. Simply uh, continued through the, uh, the influence of Muad'Dib this whole time. Um, which we know to be true for Messiah, but at any rate... Um, Jessica is at this old, abandoned, poor Sayach where, um, they were trying to make giant, super intelligent dogs to protect the twins. It seems like that didn't pan out, that the, the priesthood itself, um, made it so that didn't happen, you know? seems like under Aaliyah's rule... They they kind of just stamp that out. You you get the the feeling that they're all just dead from her uh, from some earlier time. But Jessica uh, is told by the Fade Akin that Duncan Idaho is here. They don't trust Duncan. Jessica's like, oh, this is what Leto was telling me about. This is where I need to allow myself to be kidnapped. Um, Aaliyah does allow herself to be kidnapped, kind of has this feeling of trustworthiness about the situation that 
that I mean, Duncan is Jessica. not serving Aaliyah, hopefully. But once Jessica allows herself to be in the ornithopter as Duncan takes off and asks where they're going, um, Jessica feels like the, the danger returns. And it is revealed that Duncan is taking Jessica to Seleucus Secundus in order to train Faridin in the art of the Bene Gesserit, just as she trained Paul, um, under orders from the preacher. Mm-hmm. Because Aaliyah's like, oh, I thought you didn't serve Aaliyah. She's no longer Atreides. Like, you need to serve me. You mean Jessica. Or, yeah, thank you, Jessica. Um, and Duncan's like, yeah, I'm not doing this because of Aaliyah. I'm doing this because I'm following orders from the preacher. And so Jessica's like, is the preacher my son? Is the preacher Paul? And Duncan says, I wish I knew. Yep. So we still have no confirmation on that, but it is interesting because with all this talk of Atreides' loyalty from, from Duncan, I feel like I'm at least left with, with the knowledge that even though we still don't know the identity of the preacher, that Duncan himself has men tapped computated computed <laughs> whatever um he believes that the most logical answer is that the preacher is paul in some way shape or form in some fashion i think he's doing this because he's thought about this enough that he must believe that the preacher is paul and that's why the preacher's orders take precedence over jessica's because he believes he's following the orders of in his mind, the ultimate Atreides, yeah, the, yeah. the the living Duke, still mm -hmm. um, Paul Atreides. So, yeah, I would agree. We're kind of left there. That's a lot of uh, a lot of shit. A lot of shit. Um, yeah. I guess let's start from the top. Um, sure. So yeah, the, the twins. The twins are going to the attendant uh, because they apparently they're well aware of this of this tie of these tigers coming. Yes, they are. Uh, they know. They know. Um, this is part of their plan. Mm -hmm. um, part of the path that they that they are convinced they have to go down, um, or rather, part of Leto's plan that Ganema is going along with. Uh, right. And yeah, what's interesting to me is that Leto is convinced that, or I, it's part of their plan that he's going to die, or he's going to convince everyone that he's dead, and that Ganema, yeah, Ganema he... is going to return to the CH and you know in mourning. And uh, that, that this will inspire the rest of uh, the path to go ahead. And that he is convinced that this is the right the right path to take. Right. I mean, the, the only difference there... He says that either he will die 
in in actuality, or or Ganima will think that he's dead. Yes. So right, no matter what, the consequence of doing this seems to be the the belief of his death. But he's not sure if he will actually die or not. He he knows it's a possibility, but he also seems to think that they may just think that he's dead too, if I remember correctly. Yeah, um, there, there's there's definitely the distinct possibility that he could actually die, but I I'm definitely more under the impression that he thinks that uh that he will not actually die, but be be believed to be dead. Um, pull right, his, me too. Maybe he'll. I don't think Paul. he's dying here. He's gonna pull a Paul. Maybe come back yeah. as the preacher's son. <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll just have uh, no eyes yeah. and these robes and follow around uh, some other kid. He'll just be mini preacher. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, and it's interesting too, because uh, obviously they know that Stilgar knows where this is all going to go down. Um, mm-hmm. So he'll, you know, he'll find them if, if, uh, or and actually, you know, he'll see the blood apparently as, right. as Lido said previously. So uh, yeah, that's going to be, going to be interesting obviously i don't think that leto is going to actually die either just because of some prescience we have about the future of the dune saga um yep potentially um i i always kind of thought that maybe ganemo was going to die and and there's no there's no confirmation i've seen nothing to to back this up but um that's just kind of the feeling i got so i don't know mm-hmm. and and it's tough too cuz uh it's not like leto has actual you know, prescient visions. He just has his dreams. So right. It could, it could really go either way. Yeah. I mean, that could be the twist we're being set up for in some ways where it's like Leto keeps thinking he sees himself as the possible twin to die. And then like, it's like, Oh, but he's, he's been seeing Ganima, you know, or or something like that. It's possible. Um, Especially since, they're kind of thought of as two halves of the same life. Yeah. You know, I think he could easily misconstrue Ganima's death as his own and, yeah. and not realize it in his dreams. It's possible, but that's that's so. also not a uh, not not really a herbism. There's not really many twists like that. No, um, but hey, maybe that's maybe he's aware that uh, yeah, we wouldn't maybe. be expecting it. Yeah. Who knows? Um. Yeah, I don't know this whole. One of the things we haven't talked about really in, in, in any way is Jackaroo 2 this whole time. Jackaroo 2, yeah, yeah. This lost fabled city on Arrakis. We don't really know what happened. Something horrible happened there. Um, I get the impression that what's what's going on, I think Jessica mentions like, when she learns that no one knows where the twins are, she's like, Oh, maybe they've, they've gone to Jackaroo too. Like yeah, I need to get thinks. back in touch with Gurney. Cause yep. we, we haven't heard from Gurney. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of think that when we see this blood, <clears throat> when Stilgar sees it, if, if it plays out like Leto has dreamt, um, that no one will know where, Leto has gone and they'll see the blood and think he's dead, but he really will somehow have gone to Jackaroo too. 
Yeah. And that'll kind of be the, you know, aha, that's why you thought I was dead because no one knew where I could be because I'm in this super secret location that no one really knows if it's real or not. Is it like Dune Heaven or Dune Atlantis? Yeah. (laughs) Instead of a city underwater, it's a city under sand. Hmm. Which, which I guess already exists. They're kind of that's kind of what the CHs are. But anyways, um, uh, yeah, yes and no. They're right? more caves and shit. But yeah, yeah, uh-uh. um, yeah. So that's that's interesting. I don't know. Um, and then yeah, the whole scene with uh, you know Jessica and Aaliyah in uh, um, you know having their audience and kind of being the the the, the uh, you know hearing out these. Fremen and in all folly or you know whatever his name is yeah those are all very interesting scenes and um uh yeah i i i don't know it's it's um it is crazy how how far gone Aaliyah is and how how little she cares about uh what everyone else thinks um at this point yeah yeah yeah, we're finally seeing. I don't know. I feel like every time we've had an episode and talked about Aaliyah as an abomination, I've kind of been like, "Yeah, but it seems like she's not doing anything," you know, or she still seems like she's in control enough of her faculties that I don't think she's like fully possessed. And, um, she still has this line. It's. I don't want to say it's confusing. I think it's just they each have their own perspective on it. But but in that throne room scene, when Aaliyah recognizes that Jessica recognizes that she's been possessed by the Baron, Aaliyah says something like, you know, the the Baron the Baron called out and I listened or I I answered or I accepted him, you know, and it, um, let me like, did you forget that I'm the Baron's granddaughter? Yeah. 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 Um, but really what I want is here. Sorry. I've decided I'm just going to find this line. Cause it's, it's very much at the end of this and I see it. Um, okay, so this is what she says. Fuck, maybe I'm just wasting time. God damn it. I really thought that I'd see it here. Oh, shit. Okay. Fuck. You know what? Okay, I am wasting time. Shit, fuck. Shit, fuck. (laughs) Well, I'm just bothered because I I feel like I'm looking at it and I just... uh... I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter. The point is, when Aaliyah mentions this she kind of says like the the way she says it makes it sound like she still thinks she's in control that's all i'm trying to say yeah yeah and jessica takes this as 
you know, my daughter is completely possessed, that I'm speaking to the Baron right now. And Aaliyah's kind of gloating, you know, that that the Baron is there, but I think she's trying to say that she's still there too. And I think you can make the argument that um, it could just be the Baron speaking through her, saying these words anyways. Um, yeah, but I, I, do, I, I do think that she is still there. She is still present, but she is just highly influenced and um like really just like disfigured mentally by by this possession you know so it's so it is still her there but it's just it's not her she's just you know almost entirely informed by this yeah by this inner this conflict within her um yeah i'm glad at least that um you know, at this point, we're just under halfway through the book. Yep. And, um, you know, the chapters are still, like, shorter on average, I say. So what I like about... What I like about Children of Dune so far, too, even though it seems like it's about the same length as Messiah, it feels like so much more has happened already. Because Absolutely instead of having these these five chapter stretches where it pretty much just follows Paul from one event with Paul to the next or like one event with hate to the next and like the chapters are just um, split up pieces of kind of the same larger event. This one has very small snapshots again of what's happening in, in, in these different times and places with these different characters. We're going to Seleucus Secundus. We're back here at the Syach. We're back in the throne room, you know? Um, we're with the preacher, like so. the The pace has been much more enjoyable, and each chapter feels like some some event could unfold. Like I'm happy that here at this midpoint, we're getting the tigers unleashed, you know, and we're we're having Aaliyah kind of show her true colors or, or, or spring her trap maybe too early, you know, thinking that she could take out Jessica then and there. Um, because I want to see the fallout from that. And I was worried that, you know, Frank Herbert could just as easily still build to these events for the final climax of the book for the end, you know, um, and I remember in the first episode, we were like, yeah, I don't think the Tigers is going to be like the end. Even we were like, you know, we don't think that's yeah. going to work. Yeah. Um, so I remember discussing this, but but I'm glad that we're, we're reaching this point where the, the dangers that we are aware of or have been aware of, particularly the Carino plot and particularly Aaliyah's possession, are reaching their own crescendo in a way. And... There's still about half of the book left. So yeah. I want to see how these things change and influence each other. Um, and I guess it, it's just cool to feel like um, that the story's still growing and, and has these hidden surprises. Whereas with Messiah, we were kind of riding out the same vision for what felt like the whole book, you know? Yeah, we were which, waiting which, for which the moon the to point. fall the whole book. 
It is. It is. Again, right. It's not It's not necessarily a knock against Messiah because I think it accomplishes exactly what it sets out to do. Um, but even though this book is so much smaller than Dune, I think it's kind of reaching for that more broad yeah. scope again. Yeah, absolutely, it, yeah. It's fun to read in this format. Yeah, what, while Messiah, I felt, was refreshing because... Um, it was kind of a more scaled back intimate look into Paul's downfall. Um, I'm equally it uh, excited about the scope and, and the kind of uh, the, the big kind of uh, set pieces we have here um, with children of Dune. So uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, there's a lot of, action happening in many different sections, many different parts that are intertwining, uh, which is exciting. Um, now, what do you think about the whole, the, the interaction between Javid and Jessica regarding uh, the preacher there? Um, uh, you know, what did, did Jessica's decision to not disavow him? Did that surprise you? What, what, what uh, do you feel? Or did, 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 did Javid's insistence, um, Surprise you? What are your thoughts on on that sequence? Not necessarily for either of them, because um, I feel like they're both really just trying to get under the other's skin, you know, rather than actually have them do the thing that they're saying. So, like, Javid's really just trying to to rile up jessica and to try and like throw her off kilter and off balance i think by being like you know oh well you think you know all this shit jessica well do you know that everyone thinks the preacher's your son you know and why don't you yeah. do something about that yeah why have you been so quiet about that what does that say about you um and jessica's like fuck you you know you think i'm just gonna stroll into this this petty discussion trap with you you know like um I don't think Jessica is looking to, to save face or to disavow the preacher anyways, obviously, but even if she were, she wouldn't in this situation because she's not interested in, in going along with what Javid is trying to get her to do. So, you know, I think Javid's just doing what Aaliyah told him to do and failing at it because he seems at, at this point, actually pretty simple. You know, at first, there seems to be this feeling that he might be this like conniving background plotter. And I, I think that's still there. I think he's meant to seem kind of a uh, non-threatening at this point. And I think that there is going to be a larger role for him to play. And in, in however this plot unfolds, I think he is yeah. kind of unassuming for a reason. I but think I, I, Jessica I don't think just he's a, care. yeah, she doesn't care at this point. She's, she can't be, be arsed to deal with his bullshit. Um, I do think she was right about him in the beginning where he, he will go where he thinks best serves himself. You know, he's, yeah, he's, he's kind of all about, uh, his, uh, uh, success. Um, and I also like the point that, uh, Jessica makes about the preacher, you know, it's, it's healthy in a society to have somebody that is, uh, you know, railing against things or kind of being able to speak there their minds and kind of speak against the people in power. Like she, yes. she understands that that's actually 
that's actually a symptom of a healthy society and trying to to squash any um you know uh back talk is is uh a slippery slope that Aaliyah is right. going down right actually harms those in power yes and yeah. so J- jessica kind of mentions that might might be in the last chapter where she says you know Aaliyah now grips power too tightly you know and yes uh, absolutely which which is uh the, the you know you to grip loosely exactly that's that's some of the duke's great wisdom um which which yeah. uh which, which is which is nice uh, before we wrap things up, um, I think uh, uh, the other, you know, interesting things that I want to kind of briefly touch on are, yeah, it's very cool that uh, that Jessica kind of called on the Fedekin to, and, and then most of them just kind of un- unquestioningly just <clears throat> helped her escape to, yep. to, to the CH. That was very cool. Um, I think this, this all folly character is, is is awesome um and yes it's i'm i'm glad that jessica is listening to him and and, and respecting kind of the opinions of the old school fremen um about yep. their their environment um yeah and then obviously the duncan idaho shows up to to take jessica to sluice secundus under the preacher's orders uh, which, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're right. It, it it has to make you think that okay, well, this is almost definitely Paul in some way, shape, or form. Um, I mean, the preacher even said, like, yeah, I I can order Duncan to do anything, whatever I want, mm-hmm. and he was mm-hmm. right. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. But consider this, okay? So, so the preacher. we we know is is sowing some doubts playing some kind of you know game like he 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 doesn't need the mask or whatever he he is he's probably able to see right we kind of discussed yes um and i forget if i mentioned this before too but i think it's just important to keep in mind that duncan is still a tlelaju creation is still a gola i mean he he kind of self-actualizes and becomes Duncan at the end of Messiah. We know that. Um, but I don't want to write off the possibility that, you know, Duncan and others may believe that he's following these directions from the preacher because he's an Atreides, because he's Paul. But he could be playing some sort of Tlalaju order or or, or yeah. something that duncan's not aware of that's you know? also very true um, that's in order also, to get him to do this yes that's also very true that would be a long con because uh it would be we're led to believe he has not been under tle uh influence for at least like a decade now um yes and then also the preacher you know who we thought was wearing this ixian mask and stuff what actually was not <laughs> so so if right. if he is Paul, then then that that remains consistent. Where he he just he he's not fucking with Tleilaju or Ixian, uh, you know, artifacts. Yeah. Um, so I, hey, I don't I, know. I agree. It just it feels like the whole story is trying to point these pieces toward like it's Paul, it's Paul, it's Paul, and I'm like, I know you're doing this to fuck me up, Herbert. But you again, so, again, not a herbism. He doesn't really pull those I know. those tricks. 
It's what, true. What he it's says true. Is, I know. It just might be a lot more uh, complicated than than oh, it's just Paul. Yeah. So right, no matter what, there will be some kind of layer layering to it that um that makes it more than just the revelation, you yeah, know, or or just yeah. the simple answer that it's Paul. But yeah, well, that, I gotta I gotta go, but um, we, there's yep. probably a lot that we missed out on discussing that we can it's cover. Fine, it's fine. In the beginning fine, of the fine. next step, there's a lot. There's a lot happening yep. in this. I'm, we can cover. We, let's think about it. Cover it the next episode, just like the mm-hmm. uh, the house ferrets, or or no, sorry, the sure. uh, the, the the man snail. The sorry. man, yeah, the man yeah. snails. Yep. Um, but yeah, I I'm gonna dive back into this today because I uh, um we're we're getting to the point now where in this book where it's like I just I need to we we need to know we need to know. Um, I anyways, you can follow us on Corrupt TV uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, email us at dunedudespod at gmail.com. Rate, review, like, subscribe if you want. Uh, yeah, and until next time, Connor. Um, just beware how much tea you put into a tea bag. Ooh, it's, yes. You might, you might think, it's, you might think it's, uh, you need more, but um, you know, a subtle hand, a careful hand fills the tea bag. Yes, and always take take responsibility for your actions. I think is a good moral to to, that's, to leave off that's, on. That, that's kind of what I'm doing here. Okay. So you know, yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm I'm the bigger man. You're right. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Well, see you, big man. All right. Have a. <laughs> All right. It's over. Bye. <laughs>